Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thank you for joining me today. Today's, the nature of today's episode is a little bit different than it usually is. Today involves history, but I'm going to be discussing something much more current than that. Today I'm going to be discussing my new kilt that I've got ordered and is on the way from USA Kilts. Okay, so why am I getting a new kilt? Well, first of all, why not? Second of all, the kilt that I have from USA Kilts, that is a very high quality, I've enjoyed it very much, but it's a nice kilt. It's not the nicest one that they make, but it, it's a nice one. It's the five yard wool kilt. And it's, it's something that I feel very, well, I've, I've worn it on a variety of occasions. In fact, most recently, I wore it to church. Just last Sunday, I wore it to church. Just a couple days before that, I wore it to the last day of school. I'm a teacher, and I wore it on the last day. And so that those are those are environments that I feel very comfortable wearing a, a garment as nice as a five-yard wool kilt in. And there's other scenarios, other environments that I've also worn the kilt. But that may not be as ideal for such a nice garment. Um, I wear, I like to wear my kilt hiking. I actually think that the kilt is an ideal garment for hiking. Uh, freedom of movement, range of motion, completely unrestricted. There's other benefits, but suffice it to say that I like going hiking in my kilt. Now, where do you go hiking in a kilt? What's the environment? It's usually in the, the backcountry, usually some lonesome trail up a canyon in the mountains or on a ridge or someplace. Someplace out in the wild is where I like to go. I like to get away from people. I like to just be big, open, lonesome country that we have a lot of out here in the western part of the United States. Um, it's maybe some of you from back east like going hiking in your kilt in the eastern woodlands, which is also awesome. Maybe you are listening to this in completely other countries, have your own environment you like to do this in. Hiking's fun in kilts. However, <clears throat> you're more likely to get the kilt snagged on something or dirty in that environment than you are at church or at some cool function that you're at or in a classroom, as I've done recently. So... I was interested because I was so pleased with the quality of the product that USA Kilts provided me with the first kilt. I uh, wanted to get another one, go through them again, and I decided to get the casual kilt. Now, the casual kilt is, is, war, is, is there's two main differences, or well, let me say three, three main differences than the five-yard wool kilt, and that is that the casual kilt is sits down, you wear it lower on your hips. You don't like the, the five yard nice fancy wool kilt, you wear it higher on your waist. The casual kilt, you wear it like it's a, like a pair, of, pair of pants. Another difference is it's made of different material that's a little bit more resilient to stain and dirt and things like that. Just a more, it's a more resilient garment. And the third thing is, that it doesn't come in as many options for tartans. Now, the uh, that's that's where I'm going to get to is options for tartans. That's kind of the core of this episode. You see, when I got my my 
McFarlane hunting tartan on my five yard wool kilt. I had all of the options in the world. I even I could have picked from Irish sets, Irish uh, colors and patterns and tartans that that they've come up with over the last few years. I could have also chosen actually Welsh Welsh ones. I could have actually my last name's Edwards and that branch of my family comes right out of Wales to Utah. Uh, Welsh speaking people, the valley in Southeast Idaho that I'm personally from is was uh, predominantly settled by Welshmen, Welsh pioneers, not not exclusively, but but uh, that's where the center of gravity lay for sure. And I could have with a five yard wool kilt, I could have got uh, tartan in any number of that that side of the family. I could have got it in Edwards and Griffiths and Hughes, Evans, Price, Jones. Any of those I could have probably found it on, and it was been available in the five yard wool kilt. In the casual kilt, you don't have those options. Now, guys, I don't get too wrapped around the axle about what tartan you wear because the concept of wearing a tartan that people can look at and tell what family you're from, that's fairly recent, fairly recent, 1800s. Several generations after, this was the garment of the everyday person. Now, I saw some really cool stuff on our on our Facebook group recently. Well, not recently. It was a few months ago. Where they're, they're discussing in one of the posts on that group, how strict were they really with this kilt ban after Culloden? Like we, where you should have... And we all understood this as being... you Really, you only see it... You can only legally wear it in the highlands. Um... Not in the Highlands, in in the military, you can only legally wear it in the military. But in some of these back back country, more removed places in the Highlands, somebody shared some stuff like that nah, was actually still being worn before the ban was lifted. Okay, be that as it may, <clears throat> the concept of people being able to look at what tartan they were wearing and be like, "Oh, you're from that clan," that, that wasn't. That wasn't really a thing until later. And then people were cashing in, especially the weavers were cashing in on this new tartan craze. The royal family got all over their generations removed Highland connection and thought it was awesome. And everybody else thought it was awesome. And people now it becomes a big marketing thing. And I mean, it's very far removed from what it was when clans were actually like no kidding clans are up and going. So I don't get too wrapped around the axle about, about all that stuff, but I still wanted to make it a family connection. Okay, so I've already got a McFarlane one. That that family's, that side's represented. The regular McFarlane tartans got a red base. The hunting obviously has a green base. Um, my, basically that boiled down to which one my wife liked better. I went with the hunting one because she liked the hunting one better. I could have gone with the other one. Fine. I'd have been happy. I think they're both nice tartans. Not all of them are created equal in my head, but I'm not going to go down on a list of which ones I think are nice and which ones are not. Okay, so that that's how McFarlane's are good. We're representing McFarlane's with a nice kilt, five-yard wool kilt. What about, uh, I don't know, I, I want there to be some family connection, though, even though 
I'm not bound by traditions that were never observed by back in the days of actual clans. But I still wanted a family connection. So, so on my dad's side of the family, I have some ancestors from Scotland who actually came in during the 1700s and pushed back into the frontier and became, they were coming from Northern Ireland. They were Scots who had settled in Northern Ireland. And then a few generations later had emigrated to the United States. Uh, actually, at the time, I don't think it was the United States, the British colonies in North America. Pushed back in the Appalachian Mountains, became what would be later known as the Scots-Irish. And I've got names back in there like Lusk, which is a variant of Lesk, L-E-A-S-K. My, my folks spelled it L-U-S-K. Back in that same group of people, farther back in that family tree, I've got Brodies. Um, yeah, so I've got, I've got, could have gone with Lesk, the Lesk Tartan. I could have gone with Brodies. I could have gone, here's another thing I thought about, because maybe there is some validity to the concept of there being a district Tartan. There, there might be a little bit more substance behind that being a thing when people were wearing kilts as their everyday, no kidding, before Kalad. And here's the deal. Like I said, the casual kilt is limited. They didn't have the Lennox district tartan available. That's where the McFarlands had come from, and that'd be kind of a neat angle to take on that. Now, here's the deal. My branch, the McFarlands, had left Scotland and settled in Northern Ireland for a few generations, which is interesting because most of the Scots settlers in Northern Ireland came from lowland Scotland. And these people would have been McFarlands, typically a, a Highland family, Highland clan. But they did. They settled in County Tyrone and they married other Scots there. And so um, could have gone with one of those names, which I or I could have. So the one, the the McFarland ancestor that joined, that that came across from Scotland, immigrated across the plains, settled in Utah. His name is William McFarland. His wife, he had moved back to Scotland from Northern Ireland, married a gal. He worked as a drover and drove and moved cattle from the Highlands down to the Lowland markets. He stayed with a McCormick family in Fife and married the daughter in that family, Margaret McCormick. McCormick is an interesting name in Fife. It doesn't fit in there. And in fact, I tried to research this, and the best I could tell is that the McCormicks came from Ireland, where it is more common, into probably the Isle of Mole to help the McLeans of Loch Bui take their castle back. And then from and then I don't know how they ended up went from there to Fife, but I've got them. The McCormicks on my family are in Fife as far back as I can see it, and they were there for a few generations and intermarried with other Fife people. So they're from Fife. I looked for the Fife District Tartan. That wasn't available in the casual kilt either. And so guess what I found that I kind of liked? The Macduff Hunting Tartan. It was a cool-looking tartan. And Macduffs were the Earls of Fife. And my ancestors, some of them, would have been, would have fallen under their leadership. And so I went with the Macduff hunting tartan, the Macduff Earls of Fife. The Stuarts would later take over that earldom. <clears throat> and uh, and that's, like, that's my connection. And guess what? I feel like that's solid enough. That's solid enough. And so that's what I'm going with. I'm getting the Macduff hunting tartan and I'm getting it from USA kilts and I'm getting it in the casual kilt. And so that's kind of loose. So my first kilt is pretty strict down the line. This is a clan from my family history, right off my family tree. Got it. Boom. 
just the traditional way you'd ever get a kilt. And the second one is a very roundabout, you can call it a loose connection. That's fine because we have people in Wales named Edwards who have a tartan devoted to them. And I'm all for it because we've seen the Gallic Highland culture be pushed, 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 pushed back. And in my head, this is a piece of their culture then going the other direction and taking over. And I'm all for if this becomes like the pan Celtic garment and everybody wants to, uh, uh, that's cool with me. It's cool. And I would have, if they had offered the Edwards tartan in the casual kilt, I'd have gone right with it. And they didn't. So that's my best connection. And that's my thoughts on tartans and kilts and how strict we need to be with it. Not very. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Hopefully it was helpful for you. If you like this, don't forget to uh, like, subscribe. If you're watching this on, on YouTube, if you're listening to this as a podcast, subscribe in whatever fashion your platform allows you to do. Follow if it's Apple, if it's Apple Podcasts. Share this with somebody that you would like. And here's what I want you to do. If you agree with my take on this, put it in the comments. If you don't agree, keep your mouth shut. Just kidding. Put it in the comments. <laughs> uh, I do. I actually do really sincerely want to hear what your different angles on choosing tartans is. And until next time, Marshall and Leib and Grasta.